to um, to keep our eyes on the cross and to keep looking towards it and going towards it as we do communion uh, with each other through the through the years uh, and first Sunday of each month. And we try our best to make sure that this doesn't become just something that we that we just do, but something that's meaningful because it it has to be. Uh, it must be meaningful to us. So uh, I want to, I know you've been on your feet uh, for a little while, but I want to invite you to stand with me and come and receive the elements. Uh, for those of you who are guests, uh, just follow the crowd. Uh, they'll they'll kind of show you how to do, to do this, but we basically we come down the aisles, receive the elements, and go back to our seats along the sides. But um, if you'll do that now and... Um, We'll receive the elements, and then I want to read some scriptures to you that will point us to the cross and help us to see Jesus this morning as we remember him.
There's some great scriptures that that keep us pointed towards the right things and help us to remember Jesus and what he did for us. And I want to read just a few of those to you before I read from Matthew and uh, we take the communion together. But uh, just as you hear these verses, just uh, if you will, just in your, in your mind's eye, in your uh, internal view of how you picture things, if you'll picture Jesus and uh, how much he loves you and how much he cares about you and what he endured for you uh, so that you could be forgiven of your sins. And that's what this is about. And he said, do this. He said, remember me. He said these things. And so we're, we try to do that each, each month. And, and so uh, what a great way to start out the new year to remember Jesus. And so uh, from Isaiah 53, uh, verses 3 through 6, it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised, and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains, but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities, punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds we all went astray like sheep we all have turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all also from the scriptures we read in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 17 through 21 what a appropriate verse to start out the new year. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? And then from 1 Peter, uh, chapter 3, verse 18, it says, For Christ also suffered for sins once for all. Once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring to uh, that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. So we're doing something very special today. This is something that when Jesus did this with his disciples, uh, he made this statement. He said, he said, I've longed to do this with you. 
he was excited to do this with them. Uh, why? Because he knew what it was pointing to. It was pointing to this, this great sacrifice that he was going to make for our sins so that we could be uh, forgiven and be in fellowship with him. And, uh, and he said, do this in remembrance of me. And so what an awesome privilege and honor it is to be able to do this together today. To start out this new year, January 1st, and we're remembering Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. It's a great way to start a new year, amen? Amen. So we're going to allow Matthew to lead us through this from Matthew 26, verse 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread. You can take your piece of bread. Blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat this is my body. You take. take your cup and he said then he took the cup and after giving thanks he gave it to them and said drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins you take and drink and we say a prayer of thanks to Jesus, we, we just want to come before you right now in this moment. And we want to thank you and we want to praise you for the way that you gave your body and your blood so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And Lord, as we have taken these elements, we're, we're doing our best as we've read scripture and taken the elements to remember you, to remember the great sacrifice that you made for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because we know, we know we didn't deserve such love, such grace, and yet, Lord, you did it for us because you love us, S expressing that love in the greatest way possible, giving of yourself, dying on the cross. This morning, we collectively say thank you for the sacrifice that you paid for us, paying our debt, something we couldn't have paid ourselves. We love you, Lord. We remember you today. We proclaim your death until the day that you come. And in Jesus' name. Well, I want to say um, a good morning to you. Morning. Happy New Year. It's good to see all of you today. Um, I, you know, I don't know whether you guys feel this way. I, I, I just love to come and worship with you guys. I really do. I, I, I look forward to this. This is something I, I can't wait to do each week, and I'm 
so glad to be here and so glad to be able to worship together and uh, worship team again. I just, you know, I say that. I know I sound like a broken record, but uh, thank you so much for leading them, us in worship so well. Amen. Yeah. I just really, you know, feel connected to the Spirit of God when we're worshiping together and sense His Spirit here in a powerful way, and it's great. Uh, I want to welcome not only all of you, but uh, uh, those of who are with us today who are guests. Uh, it's good to have you with us today, and uh, it's always good to, to see new faces, um, and we're glad you're here. And we would say that after the service today, uh, we'd love if you'd join us at Give Us 10. And uh, we can get to know you a little better. You can get to know the church. That would be great. And I also want to welcome those online. It's so good that you've joined us today as well. Uh, we Actually, I put something on uh, the Facebook page this morning. So if you're watching on YouTube, you might want to go to the Facebook page because there's something on the Facebook page that really is kind of the handout that was given to those in person today, and it's helpful, uh, I think, for the message, but hopefully not for just the message, but for the upcoming year, 2023, uh, because we're kicking off a new year this morning. I hope you've kicked it off well this morning. Have you, have you had a good morning? My wife's giving me the evil eye. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna tell you what happened with us this morning. The worship team heard it, so if you want to know, you'll have to ask one of them. I'm not gonna say a word. No, we had a interesting morning, but it was it was good. It was happy New Year. Fire alarms. No, uh, anyway, let's not go there. Um, I do, I do love the new year, and I love the new year because of that word new, you know? That word new is nice, isn't it? Um, because sometimes when we look at the year that we just came through, maybe we want to we be through with that, right? Yeah, we want to be through with that. And some, so sometimes new is really good because it's like start over. It's like, okay, we get to start over, we get to begin fresh here. Um, starting fresh, 2022, it's in the rearview mirror, and uh, we're looking forward to 2023 and what, uh, what lies ahead for 2023. And we do these things, um, and, and Alan mentioned them as he was praying, uh, we do these things called resolutions. And some people uh, make these, these things and resolutions, they, and, they, and they call them resolutions, uh, and some people do these kind of things and they, they don't want to call them resolutions uh, because that word to some people has kind of like bad connotation. Like, you know, if we call it a resolution, then it's probably not going to last uh, because I, I know a lot of people have a real hard time with resolutions. So actually, I wanted to, I wanted to, to start out with this today. This is from a journal. Um, it's not mine, but it's from a journal. Um, and this, this young man was journaling. Uh, he went into a new year, made some resolutions, and he journaled some things. And, uh, and so I wanted to start out with this, uh, this journal. Uh, January 1st, he wrote this. He wrote, everything is fine. I kept all my resolutions. Well, that's pretty good for the first day, right? I mean, if you can't keep them for one day, 
Well, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to keep him for the rest of the year. But he went on. Uh, January 2nd, quite busy at the office during a phone conversation. A few swear words slipped out accidentally. Okay. So, okay, there's January 2nd. January 3rd, uh, oops, I had a drink at lunch. Ordered a second before I remembered my resolutions. Oh, well, it's just once. Okay, so kind of starting out a little shaky, but, you know, he's he's still all right. January 4th, not a great day. Too busy to worry about resolutions. Okay, not not good. This isn't going well. Um, All right, so let's just go ahead and jump to January 10th. January 10th. New Year's resolutions are impossible. Maybe next year, okay. Ten days, it took ten days for this young man to just kind of like give up. And sometimes that happens, doesn't it? But uh, I want to tell you this morning that if you make some resolutions or whatever you want to call them that are, that are valuable, that are important, if you make them, you can keep them, all right? I'm going to do my best not to sound like a motivational speaker this morning I, 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 because I want to be uh, different than that. But, but um, I'm probably going to sound that way t- to a degree uh, today. Um, resolution, the word resolution uh, has a root word, resolute, resolute. Now, resolute uh, means firm, staunch, determined, to be unwavering steadfast, tenacious, those are good words. Would you agree? Those are really good words. Those are words that we need in our life. We need to be those kinds of things. And and here's a really good word, persevere. Okay? Persevere. Resolution isn't really a biblical word um, as much as persevere is. Persevere is a good biblical word. And so, um, so here's what I want you to think about. This is what I want you to think about. Um, what, this morning, what is it that you're going to persevere for in 2023? What is it that you are going to persevere for in 2023? Because that is a good biblical way of looking at it. God, I think God wants us to look at it that way. God wants us to look at this year coming up and say, what am I going to persevere for? What am I going to be tenacious about? What am I going to be steadfast? I like that word too, right? Steadfast. That's a good biblical word. Um, what am I going to be steadfast about? What am I going to just keep on keeping on about, you know? Like even if I mess up, oh well, put it behind me. I'm going to keep persevering. I'm going to keep being steadfast, right? You with me? You guys tired from last night? I am. <laughs> I am. I stayed and watched that dumb game. <sighs> yeah, that was a rough ending, but then I couldn't go to sleep because I had me all wound up. But it's, it's, really, it's really important, I think, that we begin the year the right way. You know, and and this is day one, so let's do it. Let's let's begin it the right way. Let's let's figure this out. So, basically, I wanted to give you uh, I wanted to give you seven things, and 
if, if you got the handout, if you looked at the handout, uh, it's a little card that maybe you could even use for, if you choose to use for a bookmark or whatever. And if you've read through that, you're already way ahead of me. And you've got the sermon. You can go now. No, <laughs> People are getting up. All right. Um, but, but this is what we're going to talk about, these seven things. These are really good things to think about. These are things I think that we can persevere for in 2023. And I think that if we do this as a church, if we collectively do this, you got to do it individually. But if we're doing it individually, we're doing it collectively. Amen? And I believe that if we do this collectively and individually as a church, we're going to be doing some great things for 2023. And I think we're going to be doing something that, that, again, I heard earlier in the service, we're going to be getting closer to Jesus. And that's what we need. We need to be getting closer to Jesus. This needs to be a journey, a journey that's closer to Jesus each and every day. So let me give you these seven ideas. Now, these are not, um, these are not I'll quit swearing. <laughs> Or uh, I'll stop smoking, or I'll exercise more, or I'll eat healthy. Um, th these are not those kinds of resolutions. But I think that these seven may help you do those kinds of other things. You see what I'm saying? So uh, these are, there are seven resolutions about our relationship with God and the closer we get to God, the more we're able to do the things in our life that line up with godly character and also a holy lifestyle. And we're called to that. We're called to that. You know, it, it, it drives me crazy sometimes when, when, people, um, when people act like they can be a Jesus follower but not, it not change their life. It not changed the way they live. It not changed the, the, the manner in which they talk and the ways in which they interact with people. And, and it, it, it doesn't, being a Jesus follower doesn't make us nice, but it makes us kind. Did you hear that? Because that, again, we're, we're talking about biblical words and nice isn't really a biblical word. It doesn't say in the Bible that Jesus was nice, but he's kind, right? He's gentle. But he was, also, he was also rugged in the sense that he stood up for what was right. He was strong in his character. He wouldn't let things happen that shouldn't happen. That was Jesus. So, so when we are, are following Jesus... We need to be living this lifestyle that's, that's holy and, and, and has godly character, but also is very staunch about things that are right. And not vacillating. I hate, I hate that word, but I used it anyway. Not vacillating about things that are wrong. If something's wrong, then it's wrong. So let's just go over these things. Um, we'll try to go through these um, pretty quick. Seven things. Um, first one is I will keep my relationship with Jesus warm and vibrant each day. 
I will keep my relationship with Jesus warm and vibrant each day. Now, for that, uh, I'll take you to a scripture that I thought about using this morning for communion, and we often do, uh, but it's from uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. And uh, this is Paul, and he said, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, why did I use that scripture? I use that scripture because I think we need to remind ourselves more often, more often than the first Sunday of each month, okay, what Jesus did for us. I think that's, that ought to be something that is continually on our mind, continually in our heart, because we need to remember that continually. And what that will do is that will help us to express that, that warmth, that, that uh, keeping that, that relationship that we have with Jesus warm and vibrant. When we keep considering what he did for us, it helps us to be vibrant and excited about living our life for him. Amen? Uh, and so I think we need to do that. So uh, let me offer you a couple of things. Uh, remind yourself, if, whatever this takes, whether it's a scripture, maybe it's a po- little post-it note on your mirror or in your car or whatever the case may be, or maybe it's in your Bible study in the, in the mornings or whatever the case may be. Remind yourselves of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. Do that continually. Uh, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And again, I don't think he meant on the first Sunday of the month, do this. I think he meant all the time. I think he meant all the time. So constantly be mindful of the mercies of God and let those mercies produce within you the thankfulness that Jesus deserves. Now, here's an interesting thing that happens in life. Uh, Life seems to sometimes just kind of beat up on you and wear you down, right? Do I have that right? Okay, so, so if life has a tendency to do that, what happens in life is we have a tendency to forget about the mercies of God, the blessings of God, the grace of God, the care of God. And so one of those things that we do in, in keeping the relationship vibrant is we remind ourselves not only of the sacrifice that he made for us, but the many blessings that he gives us all the time. The things that he does for us, the ways that he takes care of us, the ways that he's with us in the valley. Anybody ever been in a valley? I tell you what, when you're in a valley, it is so meaningful to to realize that Jesus is walking through that valley with you, hand in hand, arm in arm. He loves you that much. You're not in it alone. Here's another thing to keep it vibrant. Don't miss church. Don't miss church. And you say, well, you know, I, I can't be here every week. Well, then watch online. You know, the, the weeks you can't be here, watch online. Don't miss church. Don't miss uh, the time in which the Lord has, um, has given you to gather together with other people to worship. It is so meaningful. And it helps to keep your relationship with Jesus vibrant. I, I sing worship songs throughout the week. 
But there's something different when I'm here with you singing the worship songs. It's different. It's different. I like because this morning, as I was singing, as I was singing and praising the Lord, and I and I was seriously, I was feeling the presence of God, and it was so wonderful. But I could hear those behind me singing with me, and that was meaningful. And I could see those here up on stage singing and praising the Lord, and it was meaningful. And now we're listening to the Word of God, and we're talking about the Word of God and how it applies to our life. This is all meaningful. Don't miss church. It's really important for your life in Christ. That's great. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's great stuff. Not because I said it, because it's true. Because it's true. All right. And then make every day a day of worship. And I, we've already kind of talked about that. But make every day a day of worship. Don't miss worshiping any day of the week. Number two. Uh, when, I, when I stumble or, or fall spiritually, I will immediately confess my failures to God and ask for his forgiveness and, and for his help in overcoming those failures. It seems, it seems pretty simple, right? But we don't, sometimes we don't do this. Sometimes when we mess up, we just keep messing up. <laughs> sometimes when we mess up, we fall into this pattern or we fall into this like, and maybe it's guilt. I don't know what it is. There's a lot of different things that will do this to us. But there's a, a lot of things that will end up like we mess up and it will just cause us to just stay in it instead of looking to the Lord right away. And when you look to the Lord right away, and, and just as the scripture says, um, and we'll read it, it says uh, uh, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a scripture, and that is a promise. That is a promise. So, uh, so when you mess up, and you know you've messed up, and the Holy Spirit convicts you of that, and the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you shouldn't have done that, or you shouldn't have said that, or, you know, that was the wrong way to, to, to that was the wrong move to make, or whatever the case may be, and you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, don't, don't let that just, you know, just bear down on you and just keep pushing you down and, and, and drive you to worse things. Turn to the Lord in that moment and confess it. Say, God, I did mess up. I'm sorry about that. And the scripture says, and the promise is, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he gets you right back on the road. He gets you right back on the right path. Amen? Because he loves us. And so too many times our way of handling temptation that plagues us is the way that the young man that we read the journal, <laughs> that we read the journal, too many times that's how we handle temptation. Oh, we get to day 10 and we're like, oh, well. This is too hard. I give in. And God doesn't want us to do that. Temptations are hard. Our God is stronger. He's faithful. He'll help. He'll forgive us and he'll help us to get right back on the, the right path. Persevere. Persevere. Amen? Persevere. Number three. I will extend forgiveness to others just as God forgives my failures. Whew. This is a good one. We're going to read the scripture right away. Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 12. 
and then also uh, 14 and 15. Uh, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Now, I've said this, you know, already, just being here for six months um, or a year or however you want to look at it. <laughs> uh, I've said this over and over again. We must forgive one another. That is so important. It is so important for us to forgive one another, forgive each other, forgive others in our life. Uh, it, it is so important that we do that because uh, the Holy Spirit says this to us over and over again, not only in our hearts and in our lives, but in the Word of God. It is said in the Word of God over and over again that we must be a forgiving people. Now, I believe the reason for that is because uh, and, and there's actually a really good, and, and we're not going to take the time to do it, but there's actually a really good uh, uh, analogy of this or, or a parable of this um, where the, there's a servant that owed just a really kind of a, a, a huge, huge debt that he couldn't pay a king, and, uh, and he was forgiven that debt. And then he went to a fellow servant that owed just really a minuscule debt in comparison. And he shook him and he demanded payment and he wouldn't pay. And he had him thrown in jail, no mercy whatsoever. And basically at the end of the parable it says the king will throw that servant into uh, where there's weeping and, and gnashing of teeth. And, and basically it's a great parable to help us understand with what God has forgiven us, we must forgive each other. We, we can't hold that from people. And, and guess what? When you do hold it from people, the only person you hurt is yourself. Because bitterness just grows. It just gets worse. So to be closer to God in your life, you must begin to treat others with the heart of God, and that means be gracious to those who have wronged you. It's, 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 not, it's not easy. Trust me, I know, it's not easy. Number four, I will rely completely on God's strength in moments of temptation. Okay? This one's tough. Uh, this, is, this is one that, uh, that I, I believe you've got to work extra hard on because it's difficult to turn to God in the moment of temptation and, and receive his help. Because it's temptation. You understand what I mean? It, it's, it's temptation. And so there isn't really anything in temptation that makes you want to turn to God. When you're being tempted... Everything in temptation is trying to pull you away from turning to God. But the key to defeating temptation is turning to God. <laughs> because when you turn to God, and I can say this with, with 100% certainty. When you turn to God in the, the midst of temptation, you're being tempted, it's strong, it's powerful, and you say, you know what, i got to turn to God, and you turn to God every time. He's going to help you with that. Every time. Every time he's going to give you exactly what you need if you truly turn to him. He's going to give you what you need to turn and run from it or he's going to give you what you need to, to face it and not give in to it. 
He is faithful. He is faithful. Now, there's a great scripture. Uh, we could have went to a bunch of different scriptures here. But this one's from Isaiah chapter 41. And it says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. And that just helps us to understand God is strong enough to help us with our temptations. But we've got to turn to him. We've got to turn to him. We, we can't just expect him to, uh, to intervene and like take over. We've got to actually turn to him and receive the help and receive that strength that it's talking about. And when we do that, he's got this mighty right hand that's going to help us to deal with it. And uh, he will give us victory in that moment of temptation. He will strengthen you. All right, we're going to move on. Number five, I will avoid situations that I know will bring temptation. Ooh. Now we're dealing with common sense, right? And common sense is like sometimes hard to find these days, right? This one goes well with number four. It really does. We're going to read a couple of scriptures. Uh, James 4, 7 uh, says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay. Next one is uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Uh, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Uh, these are just a couple scriptures. Uh, you also have, I think, on your card or your, your little handout, uh, Romans 13, 14. We're not going to read it, but it's there for you. 1 Peter uh, 5, 9. And then I threw in Genesis 39 there because this is really, I think, helps us to see um, exactly what we're talking about. And I'll just comment briefly on it. Uh, Genesis 39 is where Joseph was in Potiphar's house. And uh, Potiphar's wife had a thing for him. Can I say that in church? I just did. He had a thing for, or she had a thing for him. And so she kept making advances. I'm trying to keep this, you know, biblical. She, she kept making advances towards him. And finally it came to the point where she made a really strong advance towards him. And she grabbed him by his clothing and he fled, left his clothing in her hands. Yeah, oh my. But you see what I'm saying? He, 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 he was experiencing this, this temptation. He was experiencing this moment in time when he knew he could fall. He knew he could give in. He knew he could do the wrong thing. And instead of staying in the moment, instead of staying where the temptation was great, he took off. He got out of there. And sometimes we need to get out of what tempts us. We need to get away from what tempts us. Here, let me, let me say a couple things about that. Um, uh, sometimes the reason that we're tempted is because we put ourselves in the heat of temptation. Uh, we know when we're tempted uh, or, or we know we are tempted with lustful thoughts uh, and we go where we know those thoughts will be fueled. If you know where lustful thoughts will be fueled, don't go there. 
again, I, I said this is a lot of common sense stuff, but God expects us to use some good common sense sometimes, right? Uh, we're struggling to stop a habit, but we keep going to the place where we satisfy that habit. Sometimes we need to put the remote control down and go to bed. Sometimes we need to stop making our morning stop at the gas station. Okay? What time is it? Oh, man, I got to hurry. Uh, <laughs> do you want to stop giving into that temptation? Stop feeding that temptation that leads you to fail. Okay? Make sense? Number six. I will make time every day to read God's word and talk with him. So important. Um, one of the things that makes Christianity different is that it's not as much of a religion as it is a relationship. It's a relationship. Now, how in the world can you develop a relationship with someone if you never talk to them? You've got to spend time talking to Jesus every day. Every day, spend time talking with Jesus. Every day, spend time reading his word because this is the primary way in which he talks to you. Some people say, well, I never hear Jesus speak to me. Are you not reading this? He speaks to us all the time and in a lot of different ways. I, folks, and those of you who read the word every day, you can, you can vouch for this, I'm sure. You, you're amazed, I'm amazed, you're amazed that the times that exactly what you read is exactly what you need. You, end, you read a, a, a something and you end up going through your day and something comes up and you read just exactly about that earlier that morning. Or you went through something and you read that evening and he's like, oh man, maybe I should have read that this morning. <laughs> you've got you've to spend time in prayer. You've got to spend time reading the word of God. Uh, Psalm uh, one. 19, one of the longest, well, it is the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119, 103 through 105. How sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I love that. Um, without it, what you have with Jesus will dry up. It will dry up and it will fade away. And you'll be left with unbelief. But with that daily communion, you'll be in tune with his heart and feel a closeness to Jesus that will become the most important relationship that you have. He'll never fail you. The last one, number seven, I will live for others rather than for myself. Um, this is the life of Jesus, isn't it? He lived for others. He didn't live, he didn't live for himself. Can you imagine what, it, what the story would be like if Jesus lived for himself? We wouldn't be here, would we? Um, and uh, for that, I put down Philippians 2, 1 through 5. Uh, it's a great scripture that also we could use at a time of communion. Uh, if, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's what he did, right? That's, what, that's why we're forgiven. That's why we're able to be forgiven of our sins and live this life in Christ that we have. Now, how do you take that, that attitude, that mindset of Christ and live it in your life? Making sure that you're actually thinking of others as you're living your life. Going through your day, thinking of others. Thinking of how you can bless others. How you can help others. How you can point others to Jesus. So take your, your, your own interest out and begin to live, live for others. It's, it's, it's really Christ-like. So... There, there it is, folks. There's, there's the seven things. Those are good seven things, right? I mean, seven things to do in 2023. Man, I, I, I love it. I, I, I think if we do that, we're on our way, right? We're on our way. We're, we're, we're getting closer to the Lord. We're being more like Jesus in life. We're helping people. We're, we're making an impact on the world around us. And what can First Church do in 2023 if we have a bunch of people that are becoming closer followers of Jesus. We can do some great things. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to I pray with you. Uh, you stand with me. Lord God, I, I, I just, I appreciate, Lord, so much each person that's here today. I thank you, Lord, for their life. I thank you, Lord, that you brought us here in this place this morning. Uh, you brought those online to listen and, and, and watch. And Lord, it's been for a purpose to worship you, to, to thank you, to praise you, to remember you. But also, Lord, to be compelled to figure out how to get closer to you, how to walk more faithful to you, how to live a life, Lord, that's worthy of the call that you have on our lives. And so, Lord, may we take these seven things and apply them to our lives today. Make 2023 a, a, a year in which our purpose, what we're shooting for, is to get closer to Jesus, be more like Jesus, walk with Jesus. Lord, may we do that with each other, encouraging one another, helping one another on this journey, being gracious to each other loving one another. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in our hearts, our lives, what you have in store for us for this new year. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.